0: How's it going? Good. Episode 70. Whoa. It's a lot of episodes. Hey, you know what? I checked the weather. If we were in Piers right now, don't even start. It'd be 90 degrees. Wow. Okay. That that might actually be too hot. It's 45 degrees where I am right now. They have doubled the
1: temperatures. (laughs) Hey, she told you to go. She did. She's right. She was right. She sure. was right. Well, wow. I was—I I was going to go. Nineties too much. I have a few things come up here that I have to do this week, and so I'm not going. Which this will be the first peers I missed. That
0: okay. makes me sad. All right, now give me a second. I got to open the door for my stupid dogs.
1: Hold on. <laughs> Exciting podcast listening. Need an office just to get away from the dogs. Yes, you'd bring them with you, though. See, you wouldn't even be smart about it. You'd have them with you, and I did. I had
0: both my dogs in the office when we had an office. I was stupid. I'm still stupid, but I was stupid then too.
1: My new office here. I right now I have a beautiful tree flowering out front, and these beautiful white flowers. I saw. I saw the tweet. Now they're really getting going. Now it's like getting really good. That tree's gonna die next week. It'll be (laughs) twenty-two degrees, and that tree's gonna (laughs) ah, tree's not gonna die. Oh, you know, it does have some weird green stuff growing on it. Hope it's all right. Leaves, oh, (laughs) on the bark. Man, I'm gonna get a arborist over here and check this thing out. Can you can you take care of a public tree like that? Because actually, you know, it's on the sidewalk. I guess they wouldn't care. Yeah, I don't even think it's your tree. it's not my trick. It's the, it's the public's trick, but I'm enjoying
0: it. Our call recorder software is throwing messages at me that say something like, if you minimize the Skype window, it may not record the audio properly. Does that make
1: sense to you? I always leave it open, so I don't know. I, w- I, would, I wouldn't minimize it. You're playing with fire. <laughs> Whatever.
0: We got to start doing it the right way.
1: We got to start recording each our own ends, and you know our audio would be a lot better. Oh, now there's phones all over the place at Grand Central Station. Um,
0: I saw your setup. You're like full podcast radio booth guy over there in your office.
1: Got a little thing around. So I don't even need it so much in this office probably, but in the home office, it's like we have hardwood floors. And so it's very echoey. So I got one of these... uh, it's that those cheap wire guys, mono price, right? Something right, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, but they obviously make all kinds of other crap now. And one of the things they make is this little audio acoustical thing that wraps around your microphone. So I got that, which seems to help a little bit. They all look like they're made out of carbon fiber and they're all
0: futuristic and angular and...
1: No, well, they're foamy. Black. It's like the stuff you'd put on a wall. Like if you had a real radio studio, you'd put that foamy stuff on the wall. It's like that, but it's just a little semicircle around the mic. Cool it does make it look like I know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> which is the main reason <laughs> I got it. I have my stupid little microphone on top of my stupid little desk on top of my stupid little calculus book. <laughs> um, so it's a little <laughs> higher. <laughs> you're like on a you're like on a, on a on a mic holder and
1: a whole rig over there. I got a stand for the mic. Uh, this thing really, it probably shouldn't be on the stand. I, I think what I'm doing is against regulations here, but so it is kind of a crazy setup. I'll have to, I'll have to get a picture to uh, put up on with the, with the blog poster in the show notes, but it is kind of crazy looking. But it seems to work. I like I don't I don't like bending over to the desk, so I could have an arm. I probably should just have an arm, especially here at the office. I do have an arm at home that like is in the basement somewhere because uh, it got in my way at one point. And I had to take it off the desk, yada yada. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Now I got this little I got this little mic stand thing, and yeah, it's a scene. <laughs> What's been going on with you? Oh my goodness, lots of stuff. Oh, uh, no stuff. I'm trying to work on the website every day, you know, and what website? a lot of work. The My, Helpspot. HelpSpot cloud stuff. No HelpSpot, yeah, HelpSpot.com, which encompasses all kinds of stuff. But yeah, okay. so and it's like I was on uh, I was on Web Archive not far back, and I was looking at HelpSpot.com. Well, the way back, way back machine thing. Yeah, the way back mm-hmm. machine. Which, if you don't know about this, I assume the fine listeners of this podcast know about this, but if you don't we'll put a link in the show notes but it's an awesome site where you can look back at how a website looked at any point basically in the past because they just take snapshots of that website. website
0: always feels like it needs better hosting or more bandwidth or something because yes. it always has this feel of like I'm running a BBS from my <laughs> basement
1: they are it's definitely like on some you know personal use hard disk thing like <laughs> laptop in, in a closet in, so yeah it's, it's that kind of thing but it's pretty awesome. I mean, I can't imagine how much data they must have stored. It's got to yeah. be quite a bit. But anyway, so I was looking at the old uh, HelpSolid sites. And one of the things it does is um, along the top, along the very top, it has this like bar graph. So you can, and it's broken up by year, and you can see what years the site changed in right. or you know what month it's got a little bar every time it changed or if there was more changes the bar is higher um, across all the years so I mean household.com goes back to like 2004 or whatever but there was like chunks of time in there where I went like two years without touching the website. Right. And that just, that's the, that can't be good for your business, you know? That can't be right. Not that you should overdo it, because now there's other times where I feel like I've changed it too much. No, but, but this
0: is the help spot, not the, not the
1: UserScape site, right? Yeah, not UserScape. Yeah. This is HelpSpot. So this is the, the real money. Now, at one point, HelpSpot was on UserScape.com in the very beginning. Right. It was like UserScape.com slash products slash HelpSpot. Um so that was when, like, I was foolishly thought I'd have that multiple breaks, products. Yeah, But, uh, so, and even that, I, I go back and forth on that, too. I've come full circle on that. Because some of the stuff I've been doing is messing around with the SEO and different things like that. And, uh, like, having the, you know, like the common wisdom for a while there was to have multiple domains. But I don't think I like that wisdom anymore. I think, like, if we did other stuff, unless it was just something totally outside, anything to do with, like, businesses or customer support or anything like that, I think I'd keep it on like HelpSpot and make it HelpSpot X. uh, Because, you know, HelpSpot product name, like HelpSpot survey, like Mm -hmm. HelpSpot vault, whatever. Because, I don't know, you do all this marketing stuff and like, you get this one domain working right and then if you start up a new domain, gosh, it just takes forever. Especially if you want any SEO kind of stuff. If it's the kind of thing that's all like socially and you're not going to need people to find you via search, I guess, then it it doesn't matter. But yeah, so but like, all your stuff is HubSpot, stuff. right? There's
0: no like yeah. nobody's looking for UserScape or. No, I mean we it's have like users, the it's reason like, thirty seven signals are not thirty seven signals anymore.
1: Well, I think that's a different. I have now that has something I've given a lot of thought to too. Uh, Jamie is against this, but I have given strong consideration to just changing our name to HubSpot. But it is a lot of like pain in the ass work. Yeah, you're just our, looking our for problem. work.
0: You're just looking
1: for yeah. stuff. So it it does have a nice like unifying idea to it but at the same time it would just be like a crap ton of work and so and then at the end you're obviously just in the same spot you were before so yeah. it's not really worth doing but it is an intriguing idea but yeah like I mean you just keep site is just what it is you know it's just a company site with our pictures and a little overview of us so that's not really that's yeah. not really big that one does go years ago can change other yeah, than I I'm, haven't I,
0: I might have done like two or three redesigns of Ontario.com but I, I, I go for
1: months Years without touching that. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah, But your stuff. Well, now your now you've broken out into different domains for some stuff, but not. But you have other stuff that's still on Ontario, right? Or that's um, true. No, the, uh, uh, so Ontario has all the
0: like. That's the hub for this back end stuff. So it's mostly just for me. But the front facing Ontario that kind of stuff is. Uh, it has a consulting stuff and a client stuff on there, but nothing. Mm-hmm. No products are being sold on there anymore because I closed down the the store. Was just selling. BlackBerry stuff, and we're not selling BlackBerry stuff anymore, so that store closed down like last it year. Link to the
1: mobile apps anymore? At one point, it linked to your mobile apps or no?
0: Well, we don't sell any of those, Like Are not the mobile them? stuff anymore. It never linked
1: to the iOS and Android stuff. Uh, okay. Just well, I knew, I knew you weren't selling it on there, but yeah, I thought you had links to the iOS and There Android, was a so.
0: point uh, when we were selling all of our BlackBerry stuff straight from our site
1: because there were years there before even BlackBerry had a BlackBerry store. I love how on uh, antifair.com, let me see, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like, you know, six companies. Well, one, two, three, four, five companies that are kind of in in the family, you know what right? I'm saying? Yeah. In our little world. I, yeah. I made a lot of money off of Twitter
0: <laughs> in the past couple of years. I mean, people don't realize this, they mock Twitter and everything, but like my entire revenue from the past two years is just people who know me on Twitter and people who know people who know me on Twitter.
1: That's kind of amazing, which is funny because I feel like for our products, it's overstated its value. Like in the end of the day, people who come from Twitter, they don't buy anything. Like nobody really finds you that way. Occasionally somebody might find you that way. But for the most part, for the, our stuff, I don't feel like it's been very valuable and we just probably don't do a great job with it. But, uh, but yeah, on the consulting end, I do feel like it's much more valuable. People just want to hire people. who.
0: A lot of people can do stuff. People want to hire people who they can trust to do stuff. And Yeah, that trust yeah, is the key. Yeah, and that you get through relationships, and we build relationships on Twitter. It's not going out and spamming, hey, hire me. It's like I've known you for two and a half years, and all of a sudden I have something that you could do. I'm going to hire you to do it.
1: Right. That's um, interesting. So, do, 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 do. It's interesting. You fell, fell into the business model.
0: I tried again with the Stripe thing to go bug them about uh, putting my uh, Quintu stuff up on their integrations page. I didn't even ask them for a tweet this time. <laughs> and what did they back, say? I just went back. Well, first, they gave me the runaround again. And uh, and I, I very clearly said, look, there you have this integrations page right there. Here's the URL <laughs> in case you forgot about. It has like 60 companies that integrate with Stripe. Some of them are not even there correctly categorized it's like <laughs> clearly that somebody just threw urls at you um please put up quintu.com and uh, they're like okay and that was like two weeks ago and it's still not up there they don't care
1: <laughs> uh, it's crazy and and quintu which is you know has previously um quintu is like pretty unique yeah. You know what I mean? Like not. Uh, it could be that none of these at all are download. I mean, there are some crappy things like QuickBooks or whatever, which you know, it's on your desktop, but like in terms of a pure metricsy y kind of thing for Stripe, I don't you know, I don't think there's any others that are downloaded. So like this is something that they could they should be they should be pushing.
0: So I did uh I followed your example, which I've always oh, wanted to do with the um, microsites. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, open source helpdesklist.com. Right. And I did uh, uh, a week ago, I did stripeanalyticssoftware.com.
1: dot com. Software dot
0: com. Interesting. Yeah. And I did exactly what you did, only with the. Uh, uh, I don't have the the web design skills that you do, so I just threw some stuff up. Um and and uh, to write that to make that site, I had to go and find all the other uh, Stripe Analytics packages and write little blurbs about them, and they're all uh, subscription web SaaS. Every yeah. single one, except Quincy. So we're different. We go buy our stuff. We're better. <laughs> we're more secure.
1: Look at that. I Wonder how that'll work. Like it's uh, definitely in the old internet. It ended up working. It worked well. I mean, for yeah. us, that's kind of petered off a little bit in terms of its uh, <clears throat> quality for us at this point. But but this is like a new a new area. So that we'll see. A, I we'll mean, see. I hooked up the yeah. Google the, the Google's. Yeah. Do it, the analytics stuff, and we'll see what that brings in. I tried a I bunch some, of stuff. You got to get some links. You got to get some backlinks from you know. We well, you know there's a. I saw this. site, uh, like the highest, the highest um voted site in Product Hunt history mm-hmm. is just a directory of apps for startups, and that's all it does. It's just the apps for startup links, and so I mean, this kind of thing is still people still love like directories and lists of. Stuff. So, if you get this linked up in the like right spots, you know, get get a little bit of play on it, could could be. But there's also like there's this bias where websites that
0: hold records of most popular things on their website as content, uh, tend to have this skew of like it's like when we started, um, uh, the discussion discussion forum discuss Bootstrap FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first thing I put up is the best places for bootstrappers to live. And it's not a um, a remarkable post, but it's by far our most popular post simply because it's like the first post, right? So you're going to have stuff that is not remarkable, but it's like the highest clicked on, the highest rated, the most popular simply because it was there when nothing else was there. Um, And Product Hunt probably had that same thing with that directory of apps. It was probably one of the first things that somebody put up there and when they hit it big, that was probably one of the more, more interesting things up there and like everything else now has to climb those ranks to even reach in comparison. So <laughs> it's it so it the same thing I think. Um, um so so I did a bunch of this marketing stuff. Um I tried the uh, I tried the LinkedIn stuff, the ads, and I tried the mm. Bing ads. And uh neither worked. And both yeah. are terrible, but one is slightly more terrible than the other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me guess, let me guess. Uh, I'm going to say, now by terrible, do you mean how they, well they worked or like the interface for creating the ads? The interface. I'm going to go with uh, LinkedIn. As being the worst one? Yeah. No. No? No. I haven't done Bing in a long time.
0: So the Bing, the backend interface. First of all, just as a side note, to date, for eleven years of dozens and dozens of products, I have never gotten ads to work for any ad source for any product ever. Not yeah. once. Ever. It's impossible. I'm I'm convinced. And we have people swearing up and down that like eighty <laughs> percent of the revenue comes from well converting CPC ads or whatever, and I've never ever ever gotten
1: any of them to work. For. I and feel like you have to have It Must like, be me. The- Perfect product for it or something. I I don't know. And then Google's so tight and so good with it now, you have to really be I mean a big part of it is you gotta really be on top of it. But even that aside, I don't know. I've never gotten it. So
0: the the back interface for Bing is it's probably worse than the Samsung store back when <laughs> I was submitting <laughs> our mobile stuff to the Samsung store mm. and half of it was in Korean. <laughs> not, because they were still they were still bringing stuff up. Uh, it, it adding funding didn't work. Um, this is, I'm talking about the Microsoft Bing backend is from Microsoft. Adding funding didn't work. Uh, half the time it bounced me to the wrong page from the one where I clicked. So I clicked on like my account and it bounces me to campaigns or something. I couldn't remove uh, payments once I tried to fund it. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to delete a campaign. Uh, after I started the campaign, the account was marked as on hold and none of the campaigns showed any clicks. <laughs> but Google Analytics still showed users arriving from clicks from that campaign, even though the Bing backend wasn't showing that the campaign was running. <laughs> um, so I had to basically uh, uh, like delete the account in order to get the campaigns to stop and then wait I had to delete the card and then wait a several days watching Google Analytics to make sure that nothing was trickling in, to make sure that nothing is being charged as far as ads, and then delete the Bing ads account to get everything to stop. <laughs> this isn't like even the first time I had trouble. Microsoft, I had trouble with the Xbox Gold, which is like their yearly subscription thing for the Xbox. Mm. Um, I bought it when I bought my Xbox like years and years and years ago and I forgot about it and I went back to try to cancel it because they upped the price from like it basically doubled over the course of the years that I stopped paying attention to it and I couldn't even figure out how to cancel it because first you have to figure out which account it's linked to and you have like Microsoft has over the years, like hundreds of these backend accounts that you always have to sign up for something new and some of them are linked to Hotmail and some of them are not linked to Hotmail. And (laughs) then it was games for Windows, then that doesn't exist anymore. And and I wound up having to dig up an old computer because it kept telling me that not only do you have to open up the account cancellation page through Internet Explorer, you have to do it from the computer that you originally signed it up (laughs) on. And that's like 18 computers ago. (laughs) It's like in the closet somewhere, it doesn't even boot. So eventually I had to call them and tell them basically to cancel this Microsoft Xbox Gold account. But it's like the same sort of thing, like the back end is such a mess.
1: Yeah. So that's the amazing Bing is the same thing. It's so, well that's like, I, so I haven't done Bing in a long time, but I did LinkedIn a little while ago. And even that, like it all worked, but it was so simplistic. I was like, how is this coming? Like you're competing with Google which has ridiculous tools that are, like, insane. But at the same time, like, you can literally do nothing. You can do, like, a couple filters and, and that's it. And, you know, set your, set your cost per click. Like, there's no tools right. in, in the LinkedIn. It's crazy. The LinkedIn, it was, the backend was fine, but the reporting
0: was off a bit. Like, yeah. Google Analytics was showing two incoming users, for example, when link, at the same time that LinkedIn was showing six, clicks well, that I paid for that cash, right? so <laughs> so either clicks. maybe my Google filter is off or maybe somebody's inflating stats I, mean, I don't know but anyway yeah, no 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 good results from any of this ad experimentation for like years and years that I've been trying this every time I release right. a
1: product I've been trying to do ads for it and it just never works here's a mission for you I got a mission for you okay because while you were talking about that I was also doing a little research here okay and it looks like for SaaS Analytics and SaaS Metrics for those kind of keywords, mm-hmm. you could get a decent position for like a buck a bid, a buck a click on Google. Because that's the only one that really matters. All these other ones are stupid. So that would be interesting. And at a buck a click, you're like, even at a dollar a click, you're in like the, the Wait, basic SaaS third position. SaaS or Stripe? Well, you could do SaaS Analytics or, I mean, What does SaaS Analytics
0: have to do with Punto?
1: Because it's for SaaS apps. Oh, I see. That's what people are gonna be searching on. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. not searching on Stripe analytics. They're searching on I mean, you could do Stripe too, I bet your Stripe's even cheaper, right? I mean it uh, you're probably fighting against like um. No, web, you're not web, because web I just right sense. here. I got the data. Okay, go ahead. Cause for a dollar right, so yeah, there's not much search volume on Stripe Analytics. None, like basically none for Stripe metrics. So you could own Stripe <laughs> Analytics and Stripe metrics. Like at a dollar a click, you'd basically be positioned one or two. Looks like two, so you might have to go up a little more from a dollar to be one. And SaaS metrics or SaaS analytics, even at a buck, it's position three. Right. Uh, you know, between three and four, which isn't too bad. So, or if you go up a little bit more money, obviously, it can be So you're higher. saying I should try AdWords. Yeah, well, I'm saying, like, this is actually a, something where the cost per click is not, I mean, all my stuff, the cost per click is like $70 to be on the <laughs> first page. So it's like, I'm not doing that ever. But but for, you know, a buck or a buck fifty to be able to try it, uh, to be like on your main keywords, to be in the first couple of slots for a relatively modest sum. I mean, you could try a thousand clicks for a thousand dollars basically and see how that goes. Like, I'll you try. Always... I'm, not, I'm not hopeful. I'm not optimistic. I don't think you should. You shouldn't be hopeful.
0: I've, I've sunk several hundred dollars into each one of these experiments and there's like basically no results from any of them.
1: But, You're probably so, going to throw money away, but... Yeah. This is at least on the main one where you know anybody who n- knows about SaaS stuff. That's the thing; like they're not look. They're only searching on Google. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's gonna be the geeky people who are searching on Google. I mean, maybe DuckDuckGo. That could be an interesting one to try. Get that kind of. I'll try it out. I'll crowd. report back next week. All right. Good. Look okay, at exciting. We're doing actual <laughs> businessy things.
0: I mean, meanwhile, like all the people that know what they're doing are like laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sales for Quinto and Scribbleton are both picking up So I'm ah, happy about good. that So um, now
1: Scribbleton Now I think last we talked right It wasn't oh, we really not, had we, the buying. Stuff yeah so. now
0: I changed that Everything is hooked up and running It's uh, how much is it $29, $29 I think
1: So now did uh, you email like all the existing users Or how did you end up working I didn't
0: out? No it just uh, I just did a silent um, Now it's paid and I'll right. deal with the existing users one at a time as we'll see what happens. But we're working on uh, version two for both products. V- Victoria is working on the designs for them. And Scribbleton will go first because the first release of that was in
1: 2014. Wow, ah, it's getting old and already. It's old and crusty.
0: It's time for a refresh on, on Scribbleton. Um, and, and at then, that
1: point, you'll try to upgrade some folks.
0: And then I'll upgrade some folks, yeah. Uh, that could be nice. Lots of we- <laughs> lots of weird feedback. Scribbleton has such a wide breadth of users that it's like first it was, you know, it's already far beyond what I wanted it for because I just wanted somewhere to like store like what to do on a server when you log in, right? So I don't forget. Um, I mean, on a new server, like when you're trying to set up Lamp and stuff. Um, right. but now people want. You know, people wanted markdown forever from it and like writers want writer-specific stuff. And the other day I got a, a, a mathematician who wanted like LaTeX and mathematic equation support, you know, like to do, you know, like rendering of mathematical equations. Mm-hmm. So, all sorts of weird things people want to scribble So we'll see. It either becomes this thing for everybody that that that's kind of like very wide or it's going to find its focus.
1: Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a kind sensor. of by its nature, it's kind of a wide, wide yeah, issue yeah. sort of thing. Wiki, it's a wiki. A wiki. I had some wiki ideas a while back for like a kind of a customer service focused wiki, like not oh not an oh, like an application that was a wiki but was had a extra tool set around kind of customer service. What are you working ideas. on? Too many ideas.
0: I'm working on something new, but I don't know if you're working on something.
1: Um, aside from mm-hmm. web page and company
0: name changing things.
1: Uh, we uh, got some ideas I'm kicking around. But there's been a few things I have thought about doing for uh, that would be, so we have this new section on the site for like free help desk tools. And so Help.Vault is the first one of those. And the Oh, that
0: thing speech. that you made forever ago.
1: Yeah. Didn't we talk about Vault on here? No, we did, did we not, not talk. Yeah, we didn't talk about
0: that no, here last it was, week. It was two weeks ago, and last week we
1: didn't record. Ah, that's right. Okay, so swap Vault. So I've been working on swap Vault. So right, so we had this thing like five years ago we made called pace Vault, and uh, so it was off on its own domain. This is actually very relevant to the uh, conversation we had earlier. Mm-hmm. So it was off on its own domain, just like forgotten. Um, and what it lets you do is paste in some, you know. Types some text or paste in some text and set a password on it and it encrypts it in the browser and it sends it to the server and it gets encrypted again. And um, the main thing is that it then expires, this text. So the point being that sometimes we have to get passwords and things from our customers to get on a server or whatever and, uh, you know, we don't want them to send it to us over email because, A, obviously email is not secure at all, but also B... Um, like even if the email is all secure, which it's not, you get that password and now that password lives inside our HelpSpot installation forever and ever and ever. Uh, your password is just in there in our database. So, so I don't really like that. Um, So we made this little tool to, and then we, we send that to customers and we say, okay, like we need your password or we need the URL to something, Uh, you know, use this and send it to us. And so that it's A, encrypted and all that stuff, but then B, it is uh it is not, you know, all that lives in our HubSpot installation is a link to what was previously called Pace Vault. And, uh, and that would, you know, be expired after a certain amount of time. They can mm-hmm. set how long it's good for. So it's just a handy little utility. Um, so it was dying over there on pacevault.com. And I was like, you know, because it's just too far away, like mentally to make time for it over there. And so, and then to build up the like, to have people find it, like we send it to people, but you know, it's not really, it's not helping Helpspot.com. It's not findable on its own really search wise. So I was like, all right, let's do a new section of this Helpspot site. Um, cause in general I wanted to do some more, uh, kind of free tools like engineering as marketing kind of endeavors. So I was like, we already have this thing that we use all the time and there are like a core of existing users who do use it regularly. So move it to helpspot.com. So we moved it over there to helpspot.com slash vault. Um, And so, yeah, so I made a bunch of improvements when I moved it. Uh, Like now you actually don't even need to set a password. It just builds one for you, although you can optionally set one. Uh, There's like a cleaner interface that you can enable because... What you're usually doing is like somebody in customer support is sending this URL to their customer and saying, Go here and put your password into this thing and send me the link that comes out of it. So that uh they don't because the customers aren't gonna necessarily know to do this unless you're technical. So um so anyway, I built that all out took a you know, a couple of weeks to build it out like the website part of it and re implement the functionality and we it's all you know better security wise now and it's also all under hubspot.com so which has a lot of good things because it's part of our like Cloudflare network and it's under our ssl certificate so i won't forget to like re-up the ssl certificate as has happened in the past on pace vault and uh and SEO-wise, like people are linking to this and are liking it, and that's coming to helpspot.com instead of off to some pastefault.com that I don't care about. Uh, and it's just kind of in the fold on the main site so that uh, it, you know, if we change the design of the site or things like that, like it'll get some of those enhancements automatically and be a little bit better maintained mm-hmm. going forward. So so it was kinda of, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. We relaunched it, like I put it up on Product Hunt, and it got like a hundred votes up and it was featured on the homepage. And we got some links from different places. I did try uh reaching out to kind of a few tech publications just to see if we could get any uh, actual like press on it, but we didn't get anything uh, of of substance. But uh it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, we get it. But. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And it's not, you know, it's not like, Hey, somebody just gave us $3 million to build this and then they would cover us. But right. you know, it's just like, Hey, we've been around for 12 years and we built this thing. It's kind of cool. And they're like, okay. Uh, you also, I think that's also the kind of thing, like I would like to get more, uh, pre, but you really have to build up those relationships. I feel like Like it's not like you can go to the tips submission thing and you could throw shit in there, but I feel like that's one in a million that you actually get, even if you have a great story or something interesting, I don't think you're going to get a lot of play that way. Uh, You know, you got to get in the, in the circle to get. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had that back when, uh, you know, we had an office with the Blackberry stuff. We had a PR network basically that built from scratch from like knowing people and then knowing people who know people because we were so early in this stuff yeah that then when it was time for like release of software you know a year or two later all those people moved up to different positions or they become like more in the reporting role or influencers or whatever and then you basically can email them and they know you and they're in a position yeah. to publish something that a lot of people see not just bloggers but like there were a yeah. lot of like we had magazines and articles and stuff like that written because basically I knew a guy who could email and we're on a first name basis. And I don't even know how you would approach like a PR campaign aside from hiring a full PR agency, how you would approach it without like having those personal relationships that you
1: build up. And that's the thing now it's so hard too. Cause back then it was like, you know, it was all, yeah, it was all new. It wasn't as like like now it's, you know, you know, every, every reporter and any kind of tech thing is, inundated I'm sure every day with random startup person spamming them with stuff so like how do you cut through that it's like yeah you gotta you gotta have, you gotta have an in there which is uh, a little bit tricky to establish so it's something I'm thinking about how we might establish such a thing but it's obviously a longer term project it's good that you put Volt out there I've been telling you forever to put Volt out there or something yeah, so now we have HubSpot Vault, uh, and you know it's under the HubSpot brand, like I was talking about. So if we do other things, like one of the things I'm kicking around is HelpSpot HubSpot uh, surveys, what am I looking at? HubSpot surveys is one, that's kind of another one I'm kicking around. That's like nothing's built on that. Yeah, I just put it up on the tools page because the tools page look kind of sad with just one item. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I put put that up there. We'll see. The, yeah, I don't know about what we're going to do with that exactly yet but I have a few different ideas but it'll probably be something really simple um, if we do build it at all it'll be more complicated than Vault which I don't really love about it but uh, we'll make it as not complicated as possible if we do build it Uh, that's a very simple kind of customer satisfaction survey tool so we'll see I mean those tools are really expensive um and at the end of the day, it's like a line in the database. Like it's like a row in the database with somebody's feedback. So it's actually like not expensive to run it all. Now there are different ways that it can become expensive, uh, depending on what you do. And there's obviously like more super enterprisey ones that do like, um, sentiment analysis on the feedback and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and there's ones that email for you, which then there's like a, a more significant cost involved. So I don't think we'll do any of that stuff, but, uh, but something just real simple we might do as like a free tool. So try it out, we'll see. Mm. Um so yeah, it's kinda of like some engineering as marketing sort of stuff that we're chipping yeah. away at. I think there's a there's a s there's a space there for a product like
0: uh vault. The, like there's a there's it feels like there's a there's a space for like a bigger thing, for more enterprisey not enterprisey, but more than just like house Vault vault webpage type of a thing.
1: Yeah, that's what, well, it's part of the thing with these, like, if we build out some more of these little tools, it's like, if any of them show more attraction, right, then you could, like, all right, well, we'll spend a week, uh, you know, the whole team and, you know, make it, give it a, a bill, you know, paid version that does X, Y, Z or whatever. So, like, this does leave the possibility open for some of that stuff, too, if anything it's kind of like doing an mVP, but its core mission is really just to bring people into the help spot world and right. to provide like a little useful service. but if it seems like it could be more than that, then you have the option to do to do more with it too um There are paid tools like vault it, similar the tricky part is like it, you know you don't want to be dropbox right like so like there's because you, you could use Dropbox for the same exact thing you could put a you could put a tell your customer listen like put this text in uh, your Dropbox account in a text file and send me share that link with me, which would be similar, and then they could delete it. Or, uh, you know, this is different... different that's not exactly similar because it's not encrypted. And so it's not encrypted, like, in the sense of um, the data itself. But if somebody gets that link, like, when they email it to you, then they could still actually read, read the file. But uh, anyway... Um, Yeah, so there are some quasi-similar tools, but that's the thing with these tools is like when you set up, uh, like if we set up a paywall on it or even set up a login or registration, like that diminishes their usefulness from a kind of free tool process around perspective. So. We have to kind of walk that line. But yeah, I mean, I have, uh, it's, it would definitely be possible to do something bigger. I mean, it's definitely like Vault, like the ability to share a file at times would be very useful. Um, and that's something we wouldn't really want, couldn't do for free because, you know, people just abuse the hell out of that, putting mm-hmm. stuff up there. So uh, we'll see. Right now, I, I don't want to get too carried away at anything like that, which is because that's my very nature, right? It's like, oh yeah, I, I can see all the ways like, some people pay us for this, and that could be this. We could add these features, and 500 features later, and 7,000 ideas, and I still haven't built anything. But like, I got a million ideas for it, and I had no time to do any of it because we still have to, uh, you know, stay focused on our main mission with HelpSpot. So it's a little bit <laughs> tricky in that regard. But uh, but yeah, if any of them, you know, really get get substantial, then that would be something that you know we'd have the option to upscale it for sure. That's cool. How long have you had that dog as a mascot? Uh no, that was pretty recent because we had a woman who she actually works in the uh she's called Ninja Girl and she does a lot of drawings in the Laravel community and PHP community. Mm-hmm. So we had her do one for these uh, stickers we produced and these little notepads and stuff. So we sent some stickers and swag to just help spot customers, and uh, that was what she drew. And it's it's a pretty cool dog. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna throw it in the footer. Why not? <laughs> cool.
0: Hey, we gotta read an ad. And I am unprepared as always. Someday you're going to be prepared. <laughs> it's just, you have to send me the
1: ad copy out of line and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll prep. No, we can't trust you with the ads. Okay. That's the thing. All right, Linode. Man, everybody knows about Linode here, but uh, I want to reemphasize Linode's awesomeness because Linode, newhelpswap.com, it's all on Linode. Helpswap Vault, Linode. Um, all these kind of things we run are Linode and uh you know, you know all about them. Eight data centers, data centers all over the place um, across the U.S. and Europe. Uh, you know, obviously get, you can spin up a server instantly. Um, now they have the hourly billing, so you can spin them up just kind of temporarily uh, for little one-off projects, which is something I haven't done much of, kind of like spinning up a server to do something and then spinning it down. I got to think about that more. I should be doing more of that. Um, so, you know, in the last six months or so, it's gotten much faster with the move to this kind of KVM architecture, uh, which I'm not going to explain to you, but it just means it's much faster, which is good. Um, it's all SSD, very fast network, uh, money back guarantee if you don't like it when after you sign up, 24-7 support, which is in the, uh, I mean, I literally have almost never needed support, but uh, I think once I did way far back and, uh, you know, it was really fast and and great. And they're obviously there 24-7, 365. They're actually very
0: proactive on that support stuff. Like if something,
1: like if a backup fails, they'll email you and they tell you, oh, backup failed, but then we got another one going two minutes later, so we are fine Right, right. And the backups, Uh, I love the backups. Use the backups for everything. Uh, all, pretty much all I might have like one server that's not um, on their backup plan, but uh, I think everything else is on the backup plan all of our production stuff. We have a couple of dev servers that I don't know backed up, but everything else is backed up um, for like, you know, the two bucks on the, on the small server. So just no brainer. Um, so check it out. Uh, you just go to linode.com slash bootstrapped FM and sign up there and you'll get 20 bucks off. So that can be two months of running a server, uh, just for signing up on our URL. So linode.com slash FM and we'll put it in the show notes. But it's literally going to be free for a couple months for you to check out and see how you like it. So definitely go check them out. Cool. Thank you, Linode. Thank you to
0: you for reading the ads for umpteenth week in a row.
1: Thank you for remembering. I'm working on something new. I know. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. I wasn't even prepared to talk about my stuff because I thought we'd already talked about it. And we never talk about your stuff. I got to push I... to talk about your stuff. You're a very private <laughs> so, individual. I'm so excited to talk about your stuff because it's just going to be great. I'm, I'm so excited. All right. So to, let us have it.
0: How many, how, many, how many products did I ship since we started this party? A lot did of we... products. Um, this is called SourceCase. Ooh. Sourcecase.com.
1: Wow.
0: I'm reusing another domain that I've owned for <laughs> 20 years. Oh,
1: nice!
0: SourceCase originally was supposed to be my bug tracker. This was my bug tracker, SourceCase, but it's not a bug. I'm never gonna do a bug tracker.
1: So everybody wants to do a bug tracker,
0: but that ship has kind of sailed. Yes. Yeah, so I'm doing SourceCase. Um, the name is good. It's a
1: good name for this. Thing. Solid name. Yes. Good URL. Well, this is kind of a well. I won't. I won't. Sp- sp- All right, you go. <laughs> I, won't, I won't criticize you until you're done. No, no, no. Your, I was gonna criticize you. I was gonna steal your thunder a little bit, but I don't want to steal your thunder. So you let, let, us, uh, let us, let us, let's hear about what. So
0: SourceCase is a crash reporting solution for specifically for C++ developers. So um, <clears throat> there's been a lot of like I've been working a lot with uh, um, uh, like crash like Bug Snag and Crash Lytics and, and stuff like that. There's crash reporting solutions for web apps and for platforms like iOS and Android and even Java. But there's really nothing good available for C plus plus developers, especially for cross platform C applications with compilers that aren't just like Visual Studio on Windows. Um because it's really, really, really really difficult technically speaking. Um uh, so so compilers are uh, the C++ compilers are lar- largely not compatible. So if we're releasing, so if source Case is releasing a library for developers and auxiliary applications, uh, I'll explain those later maybe, um, because of the nature of what those libraries and applications do, meaning like they have to interact with like low-level structures inside of binary files that developers are building, mm-hmm. um, we need to custom build those libraries and applications for each combination of platform and compiler with 32 and 64-bit versions of each pair. That sounds horrible right
1: there. I don't like it. <laughs> In terms of, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad business. I'm saying I don't like it me myself. That sounds horrible.
0: So we're looking at uh, MinGW on uh, Windows, GCC on Windows, Linux, and Mac, Clang on on Mac, a Visual Studio on Windows. Uh, I might be missing something. So that's that's like seven, six or seven, plus 32 and 64-bit. Versus like 14 things or something. <laughs> That we need to custom build. Uh, so I need to know like the binary structure of all of those. Uh, and uh, so there's also... Now,
1: now, can you, before you go even further into that, can you, uh, is is it, so I took one C course like 15 years ago, so I don't really remember anything about it. Can you reuse any of this, or are you literally are building fourteen or at least seven different? Yeah, you, you you reuse a lot of it, but okay. you have to
0: you, you have to be cognizant of even the smallest changes because at the binary level, this you know a a bit matters. Right. Okay. Um. So also, there's an issue with like distribution of a C plus plus library. So if you're distributing source cases, a C plus plus library. Uh, or in C++ land, even versions of the same compiler will not be necessarily uh, compatible. Mm. So we need to basically release a C library or a C++ library wrapped in a C interface so that we're portable. Um, a lot of the knowledge in this space is older than what's typically available from uh, modern blog posts or even like Stack Overflow. Like, Not a lot of people are working on compiler internals. and. Uh, those that are, a lot of them like work inside of larger corporations and don't necessarily share this stuff. right So it could be hard to get clarity on some of the stuff that comes. I'll give you an example. I needed a tool to let me look inside a certain type of executable binary file to map out its structure. And the only thing I could find was an article from 1994, <laughs> which sort of describes how this tool can be built. And then at the end of the article, it mentions that there's a ready to use version of the tool that I could certainly find in my local BBS or Usenet news group. <laughs> but in 2016, good luck. Oh my goodness. Um, so all of these platform compile accommodations need to be tested. Uh, I don't necessarily have these machines ready to go. <laughs> so all of those VMs and testing rigs need to be set up. And, uh, well, are and you going to
1: start with just one? I mean, you start with like one or two, right? So I'm like, focusing on one
0: this. and building up from there. I'm focusing on, uh, yeah, basically the the... Uh, Toolset that I'm working with for Qt to build my Qt stuff for scribbleton and Quintu. but that in itself is still a lot of work. And finally, once the mountain of, well, that mountain of work has been climbed, there's still like the question of actually building an entire SaaS web app around this thing, <laughs> with all the work that that entails. And uh, so in the end, the 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 hope is that you release a binary, you release an executable for whatever platform your 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 C++ program is for, and when it cr- and you don't need to release debug symbols it could be a fully you know like optimized uh, um production build uh, uh, stripped of uh, all the debug symbols like you would ship in real life and then when it crashes you actually get a useful stack trace out of it along with useful information like how much memory there's in the machine and maybe what resolution the monitor is running on it, if it's a game for example or, or whatnot you don't you don't have that sort of like a really Comprehensive data set to work off of when something crashes in C land. There's a lot of those tools for Java and whatnot, and sort of consolidated platforms where you don't need to worry about like the binary structure, whatever compiler this thing was built with. But in C land, you do need to worry about that stuff. And that's why you don't have like the, all these user friendly crash reporting solutions that you do in other languages and for mm-hmm. other platforms. So, um, So this is a big, 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 big project. Much scarier and more difficult than anything I released to date. But uh, when I grab onto something, I tend to stick with it. Um, I can't guarantee that I'll be able to release it because right now it's a little bit like sculpting Mount Rushmore with a little chisel. Um, (laughs) I keep hitting huge, huge walls, but I'll keep working on it. Um, If nothing else, I'd love to see, like, an easy-to-use crash reporting solution for my own C++ stuff. So if anybody's interested, sign up at sourcecase.com. There's a landing page there for... uh, Announcement list. If you're C plus C++ developer, you need a good cross-platform, cross-platform crash reporting solution. That's where
1: it will be at some crazy. point. Yeah, it's hard. <clears throat>
0: um,
1: so have you looked at like, um, I'm just looking here. Uh, looks like you can't. I was wondering if you could just to simplify the other end of it, since the really hard part is that is the C side of it. Like you know, does Bugsnag have an API where you could just make it compatible with Bugsnag or whatever other tool um, is out there that supports multiple languages already? Uh, to take the edge off that, and then build your own sassy part as like phase two or whatever you know.
0: Yeah, but the sassy part is not the hard part. Like once it hits the web, page, it's still it's done. a lot of work. Yeah, but I'd rather leverage the sassy part <laughs> because the hard part is the C part, the C plus yeah. plus part. Because uh, like somebody builds, um, somebody builds a, a calculator app or somebody builds a game in C++, right? And they release it. It's built with GCC on Linux. So when that program crashes, it doesn't have symbol information in there. It, it might dump a court dump or something, but it doesn't have anything useful. Uh, you can't get anything off of your... You're not shipping a debug binary to your customers, right? Mm. You're shipping a production thing. Production right. things don't have any. It's not like PHP. You don't get a stack trace out of a crash. You just don't. Right. It just dies. Um, so what happens is, uh, you need to extract the debug information out of this binary. Then you need to save that. You need to strip the binary so that it's uh, optimized for distribution for uh, production. You ship that as the final binary that doesn't have any debug information in it. When that crashes, that will, uh, Produce uh, like a report that you then have to cross reference. You, you need to get that back to yourself or the source case or whatever. Mm. Cross reference that with the 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 debug symbols that you extracted, and from that be able to produce some kind of a useful stack trace mm. uh, plus any defining gotcha. any definitive information about that system. But those symbols that you extract and that report that's being generated is very dependent on. What compiler you use to build that thing with, and what machine it's running, and that's why we need fourteen different builds of this thing.
1: It's so, is it? So, what ships with the app won't be capable of like producing something stock traceous? What shi- trace it, it will? It will. You generate that dump log thing back to the kind of just big dump of crap back to the server, and the server maps it out.
0: Right. You're gonna wind up. You, you wind up getting a source case library. They integrate with your app uh you generate your your debug build and you send you upload the debug symbols to sourcecase right you ship that bl- that binary to your customers they run it if they get a crash sourcecase generates a small report packs it up sends it over ssl to sourcecase the web server the right. server And then you could log in and get a stack trace on the server side at source case. We will cross reference that debug symbols with the crash report and give you, you know, what happened and give you a stack trace and tell you what's going on with the machine. But all of that API will be like, you know, you could ask your customer, can I send this on your behalf? You you know, there's like a whole bunch of permission stuff that you still have to like make available in this library so that it's flexible enough for developers to use. Uh, but it's better than what we have now, which is like nothing. Right? Right. We don't I mean, have and then on the way. other
1: side, like yeah, there's going to be a lot of tricky bits on the server side too, because you're going to want to be able to like automatically upload the symbol table and like you know have it maybe part of whatever the build process tools are. Whatever, it has to presumably. match. It
0: has to version match and build version match on across the binaries. So you might have something that you uploaded to us that's not necessarily what you deployed. Um, there's issues with like. Um, the, 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 the issue is, like, like you could you could ship something that'll just do a core dump, but then the core dump will be 1.2 gigs, and you can't send that to source case. You can't send that over the network. So the thing that's being generated when the crash happens has to be small enough to be sent. Right. Uh, there's also issues with, like, if something happens in Java land or something happens in PHP land, and you crash and you get caught, and you still have a little bit of room to generate this nice report and send that out or something. Right. If something happens in C++ land and the stack is corrupted or the heap is corrupted, you're screwed. You, you're not going to be able to generate anything on that thread. So you have to wind up doing things on a different thread for a little bit than the thread that crash occurred on, or you have to be able to even do it out of process that's running on a different process because your your entire like memory thing is corrupted yeah. in the original process. C++ and C being what it is, it makes it like so much more difficult to build this type of solution than like more modern languages.
1: So that's what I'm saying. It's not a guarantee that I'll be able to release this. (sighs) Here's what I think you need. I think you need two co-founders. Oh, geez. People is what I need. You need people. This is too big. You can't do it. It's too big. But I love this idea because I think this is the kind of thing that like you could charge, you know, a lot of money for this. This is like a $10,000 like minimum installation.
0: Here's the thing. This thing is so hard that it's both good and bad. It's good that it's hard to make so there's like a barrier to entry type of a thing and maybe sure. because it's hard, that's why not a lot of them exist or that's why there's no good solution yet. And at the same time, if it fails, it being hard will make it that much
1: worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you need Because no I could have failed on something so much easier. <laughs> and it's just a big, brutal thing. Like it's not, it's beyond, it's not even one person more. I think you need two people more. And I think you should try to get them. I really think you should try to find a couple people who are C-ish people, or at least one of them. And because you are going to like a web person or something maybe or whatever. But like, I mean, because the other side of this, I mean, the, the SaaS app side is huge, right? Like what if a game developer uses this and they ship a bad version that crashes 100,000 computers? Right. Like that's going to be 100,000 things getting sent to you all at once. Well, so oh, you don't have to build yeah. for that day one, right? Like that's the optimal. I mean, hopefully you have that problem. But at the same time, like that, the website, this is going to be a big complicated application. Every part of this is like a big complicated okay, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I do like, uh, obviously it's like super, it's not super niche, like where it's stupidly niche, but it's, it's a nice niche. Like there's still a ton of C++ stuff going on, but. No, it's not mainstream in the same way as like a PHP or whatever. And then, and but you don't have all that competition. And people building that, kind of, if I have a room full of C++ guys, like I'm spending $10 million a year on development. So if I have a tool that makes you know them be able to find these bugs faster and quash them ahead of time before big releases come out and whatever, that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars. Potentially.
0: Yeah, every time I sit down to work on this, I'm like, isn't there something, e- can I like write a project management software or something? Is it something easier that people are still making a lot of money on?
1: If you know C and you want to be in business with Andre Butov <laughs> and, <laughs> and touch, <laughs> I really, because I like this idea. I really feel like you need help or you need money. Like you go, go out to Silicon Valley there. And this is like, this is the kind of thing that needs money. I, I would be okay taking money for something like this because it needs money because you need people. You know what I'm saying? Uh. It's going to be hard. Like, you can't minimally viable product. this. No. <laughs> you can't have it's cute. It like, even if you just do the one, like whatever, I'm only going to do one compiler, whatever the biggest, most prominent one is. I'm just doing that one. Fine. Like you're still going to have, which probably isn't possible because you're going to have Windows. Like At least you're going to want to do like, it works on Windows and Mac, which I assume are different, right? Yeah. So... You gotta have to do a couple of the most prominent compilers, and then you got the whole SaaS side of it, and then you got actually marketing it. It's a monster. It's a monster. I do like this idea though. It's it, it's very it's a very interesting idea because I like it's heavy B two B. It's something that's difficult and nichey. I like it. Yeah, it's hard though. It's a beast. It is a beast, and that'll be interesting to get your updates on this.
0: <laughs> I'm also looking at like very small things that I, just to experiment with stuff. I'm looking into like doing small things like JavaFX primarily because i wanted to see if java fx is a viable alternative to something like cute Q- cute qt Q- Q- um and like people are like yelling at me pick your technology to fit the job <laughs> not your ego um like i know developers who have successfully like the successful businesses selling stuff with all sorts of things like vba and vb3 and desktop java and desktop python and and uh, neither they nor their customers have any issues with the tech stack and they don't really care. Like only programmers care about this stuff. Business owners don't care and customers care even less about what you built your stuff with. I mean, you built HelpSpot with PHP 4 without a framework at a time where PHP wasn't entirely favorable and you did just fine. That's right. It doesn't matter. So I've been looking at some like JavaFX stuff to see. Because when you ship stuff with JavaFX, you could ship stuff with like embedded Java so they don't need Java on their machine and stuff. So. Hmm might be an interesting way to do cross-platform stuff that's not uh, C++, but we'll see. Just playing around with that. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff that's really hard. Like, like, this isn't like... Like, source case coding is like, I can't have stuff running in the background. Like There's no games streaming, and there's no videos in the background. Right. You need silence. And that's kind of painful. Like, I don't <laughs> like working that way. It's... It's... Uh, heavy on on the mind to to work in that low level of a thing.
1: Yeah, especially because, yeah, you're at the lowest level basically. So there's not like, oh, you have these other safety nets below you. You're like trying to build the safety net.
0: Yeah, there's no like like, I can't even like cross check with like existing tools to see if my solution is right. It's basically like, oh, it didn't crash on me. Well, now I have to figure out if it's right, you know?
1: And you're going to need a whole testing stack of like apps that you can make crash to like capture their output and see it's if it does a, what it's supposed to do. It's,
0: it's a monster. It's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a <monster.
1: laughs> uh, we got to get you some co-founders. I'm telling you, even though it uh, sounds horrible and it is probably horrible, I still think you need help. It's a good idea that needs more people. These we'll people. See. We'll see how we'll see or employees works. you could hire oh someone. god no i've been through that <laughs> mess it does add a lot of complexity all right i like the name, and i like the, I like source
0: the case. yeah what was that with the name thing that you mentioned when we started talking about this what's wrong with source case uh
1: no nothing's wrong with source case i like the name yeah i don't remember i wasn't i was thinking i had some point that was going to make the point about what it actually does but uh so I just uh-huh. didn't want to steal your thunder, but yeah, I it's like. It's fine. Them.
0: This is a completely generic name, perfectly fitting for this thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like this is like it's enterprisey and safe uh, and all those things. Yeah, But like also it. would it work great for a uh, bug tracking? <laughs> <laughs> the, if you get halfway through this and you change your mind, you can always uh, pivot. Yeah, you could always make it a bug tracker. Oh, you don't want to build a bug tracker. No, I don't want to build a bug tracker. That thing is like bug trackers are like the competition is ridiculous no right. room left there plus it's all with the GitHub and everybody's on the GitHub so people are just using GitHub
0: yeah people are just good. I just use like whatever issues Bitbucket
1: gives me right I basically yeah. need like a text field that's it it's all been commoditized all right, all right. are we done we're done anything new on
0: your end you want to uh, uh, announce
1: uh, we got a link to uh, yeah. help spot vault Hulsop Vault was my announcement for this week. I might have more stuff in future weeks. Hulsop Vault the announcement for now. Um, Yeah. All right. We're good.
0: Thanks, guys, for listening. Check out discuss.bootstrapped.fm. For sure. And uh, we'll talk again next week. Later. Bye-bye.